0: I came across a story recently of a young 22-year-old African-American man who was pulled over by a white Caucasian police officer in the outskirts of Chicago, Illinois. When the police officer approached the vehicle, the driver rolled down the window and says, what seems to be the problem, officer? Well, the officer says, I don't know if you're aware of this, but in the back of your car, you got expired plates right now. Where are you driving? The young man says, well, I'm actually on my way to a job interview right now. So the police officer says, well, can I see your insurance, your license, your registration? Can I see all your documentation? So the driver gives everything to the police officer. He starts looking at it. And it comes to his realization not only is the registration expired but also this young man's driver's license was expired so at this point the police officer has one of three options one he can impound the vehicle he can arrest this man if he wants to two he can give him a citation give him a ticket for the registration and for the driver's license or three he can just let him go with a verbal or a written warning however this particular police officer opted for option number four perhaps something they don't train in the police academy perhaps something that nobody saw coming including the driver of this vehicle Police officer says, Hey, can you get out of the vehicle? So this young man gets out of the vehicle. The cop escorts him all the way back to the squad car, puts him in the back of the squad car and then gets in the driver's seat of the squad car and starts taking off. Well, the guy in the back says, says, what are you taking me to the station? Are you arresting me? What are you doing? Police officer says, No, I'm not taking you to the station. I'm taking you to your job interview. Sure enough, lights and siren, this police officer takes him all the way to the job interview, gets him there on time. The man walks in for the job interview, nails the job interview, comes back out with the job. He gets the job, high fives the officer, and that officer and that driver are still friends to this day. Now, what a story of grace. That police officer going the extra mile for this particular young man. Now, this story made national headlines just a few months ago, but today, there's different headlines. There's a different story of grace that's making worldwide headlines right now as we speak. And it's the headline of this, He is Risen. Friends, millions of people worldwide right now are tuning in to online church streams just like this because of that headline, He is Risen. In fact, if you're watching from somewhere around the world right now, I would encourage you comment in the, the comment section. Where are you watching from? Farmington, Bloomfield, Aztec? Kirtland, Durango, Taos, Santa Fe, Albuquerque, California, Texas, New York, Florida. Where in the world are you tuning in from? Germany, another country perhaps? Let us know in the comments where you're tuning in from because quite frankly, there's people from all over the place that are visiting churches online all over the world, even right now as I speak, which is exciting. It's exciting because of that headline of He is risen. Let me give a couple shout outs. If you have never been to this particular church of Pinion Hills Community Church before, welcome. Thank you for joining us. If you've never been to church at all before, this is your first time ever, which is probably quite a few of you. Thank you. Welcome. We're glad that you've joined us. Those of you who are listening on KNMI right now, 88.9 Vertical Radio, welcome. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for listening. Wherever you're watching from around the world, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening right now. Now I know in the middle of a pandemic, oftentimes it can be tempting to feel as though we're isolated and alone. And perhaps some sometimes we feel that way. Sometimes because of this quarantine, we feel isolated and alone. But no matter where you're watching or listening from, let me remind you that you don't need to be isolated and alone. Just because we have social distancing doesn't mean that we have to be socially disengaged. We can choose to still be engaged if you want to. In fact, with our particular community of Pinion Hills Community Church, you can go on to phcc.church. Again, that website, phcc.church, scroll to the bottom of the homepage, and there's all sorts of different ways that you can be engaged and connected to other people, even during a quarantine. We have online men's groups, women's groups, young adults, students, children's, all the times and the meeting locations and the links are all there where you can choose to be engaged so you're not isolated and alone during this time. Not only should you have community during this time, but also you can draw near to God. Look at what James, the brother of Jesus says in James 4, 8. He says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Not only is this good because it's not going to be isolating or alone. Not only are you not quarantined from God, but at the same time, look at what Paul says in Romans eight twenty eight. He says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. In all things, in all situations, in all scenarios, God works for the good of those who love him. Now, quite frankly, there's quite a few people working for the good of other people right now, right? I mean, if you're a nurse, every single day you're working long shifts. You're putting yourself in harm's way for the good of other people. If you're a doctor, you're doing the same thing. Even though you have limited personal protective equipment, you're you're putting yourself in harm's way to help other people be healthy and help them be safe. Thank you for what you're doing. In fact, if you know a nurse or a doctor or a surgeon or a police officer or a firefighter or somebody else that has an essential role right now and you're continuing to work, maybe you can tag them in this video right now and put a little heart emoji next to them so they know that they are appreciated and, and loved and valued. We are grateful for you as you are working hard for the benefit of other people. But again, Romans eight twenty eight says, God works for the good of those who love him. And God is the one who created all the nurses and the doctors and everybody else. God is an ultimately the one who's in control. He is the one that works for the good of those who love him, which quite frankly, that's the message of Easter, isn't it? It's God that so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. 2,000 years ago, God sent his son Jesus to to be born as as an opportunity where we could be connected to God. You see, when Jesus starts going from town to town and village to village, proclaiming the things of God, not only was he talking about God, he also told people, I am God. I'm the son of God. I'm the Messiah. I'm the Savior. I can forgive you for your sins. Now, this is completely foreign to people, but people were starting to get excited about the possibility. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And this is all good news, that people can have an eternity in heaven as a result of Jesus. It's all good. So people, the disciples started following after Jesus. Crowds began to follow after Jesus. In fact, quite frankly, Jesus became like a celebrity. People would follow him everywhere. At one point, he tried to get into a boat, try to get away from different people. So he starts going on the other side to, of this lake, and all the people in the crowd started following on the other side of the lake to meet him on the other side because he was a he was a popular person. Jesus was. People wanted to be around him because they liked the message. In fact, when Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life," the group of people who were following after Jesus referred to themselves as the way. They started calling themselves the way. And if they started looking at Jesus and referring to the message that he shared as good news. In fact, that's what the gospels of the Bible are. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are all the gospels, the four gospels in the New Testament. But gospel means good news. And 2,000 years ago, it was good news. Still today in 2020, it's still good news. That is, if it was true, if Jesus was really who he said he was, but was what he said, True, or was it too good to be true? Have you ever had something that sounded a little bit too good to be true? You ever get an email from like the Prince of Persia who says, "Hey, if you just give me your bank account, I'll hook you up with forty million dollars because you have a long lost relative that owes you money." Right? You're like, "Wow, I could really use forty million dollars right now," but I don't know if this is uh, sounds a little shady, sounds a little fishy. I'm I'm not sure if it's too good to be true. Right? Maybe you receive something in the mail one day that says, "Hey, you've qualified for a free vacation in Hawaii," and you're like, "Man." I would love to go to Hawaii right now. I'd love to dip my toes in the sand right now, but it sounds a little too good to be true. Perhaps those of you who have ever tried online dating, if you've ever tried it and you put your profile up there, you put your picture up there, and all of a sudden one day you get matched with somebody else and you're like, my goodness, this person is gorgeous. She's beautiful, he's handsome. And you're like, this person is amazing looking. Wait a minute, is it real? Is that really the right person on the other side or am I being catfished right now? Is this too good to be true? Sometimes, There are scenarios in life that are too good to be true. Was Jesus one of them? Was what he said about eternal life, was was what he was saying that we could have eternity in heaven with God? Is he just making stuff up or was it too good to be true? Was he really who he said he was? You see, around this time, there's a lot of people claiming to be the the Messiah. It wasn't just Jesus. There's a lot of people saying, I'm the Messiah, I'm the Savior. So Jesus wasn't the only one, but Jesus was unique because Jesus was the only one who actually called his shot. You see, when he went into the city of Jerusalem with his disciples and the crowds, people were chanting and they were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. They're saying, Jesus, save us, Jesus, save us. They looked to him as the new king but then shortly after that he was arrested because the government was too concerned that he was going to overthrow the government as the as the new king and so they arrested him and they charged him with blasphemy and they gave him the penalty of 39 lashes the death penalty was 40 lashes they gave him the death penalty minus one and they whipped him and they beat him and they flogged him with what's called a cat of nine tails it was a roman torture device that they would whip him over and over and over 39 lashes, they whipped him and they beat him. And you would think that that would be an, enough. Theologians believe that he was beaten so badly that he was beaten beyond recognition. So at that point, you'd think that was enough, but it wasn't enough. They kept saying, crucify him, crucify him. So they, they gave him a cross and they made him carry it to the top of the hill, the hill known as the place of the skull. And he gets to the very top of the hill and they nail him to the cross at nine in the morning. And he hung there for three hours. And finally around noon, just before noon, he, he says three final words. And he says, it is finished, at which point he took his last breath and Jesus died. All of his followers, all of his family and friends who were standing around and watching this and observing this, they probably all thought, wait, I guess this was too good to be true. I guess Jesus wasn't what he said he was. I guess he wasn't the Messiah. He wasn't the Savior. He wasn't the Son of God because the Son of God would not die on a cross. The Messiah would not die on a cross. The new King of kings and the Lord of lords would not die on a cross. That's not the picture that we have in our minds. And so they thought it was all over. They thought it really was finished few hours after he took his last breath and died, some of his followers took his body off the cross and they put it in a borrowed tomb. And in that borrowed tomb, they they rolled the stone in front of the borrowed tomb and they left it. And I'm sure there's people walking away from the tomb were thinking, well, that's it. It's all over. Game over for Jesus. I guess it was a good run. I guess everything sounded good at the time, but I guess none of it was real. None of it was true. That is until three days later. You see, three days later, the Holy Spirit of God comes into that tomb and resurrects Jesus back to life, that Jesus somehow in some way rolled that stone away from the front of the tomb and he walks out having just conquered death. Now while that is significant in and of itself, what's also significant is that everything that Jesus had said and preached and talked about up to this point was instantly validated based on his conquering death. Had he stayed in the tomb, people would have dismissed everything that he had taught everything he had preached, everything he has spoken about. But because he came out of that tomb and appeared to over 500 people, it validated that he really was who he said he was. He was the Messiah. He was the Savior. He was the Son of God, which means if all that is true, what's also true is what he said about heaven, what he said about you and I, that you and I can have an eternity in heaven, that we can have an assurance and a security for our future in heaven. He said all that stuff, but because of the resurrection, we can believe all all of the things that he taught and that he preached which is good news after all in fact it's great news it's not just great news for me or for you or for your spouse or your family or your kids or your kids kids or your kids 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 for generations to come this is fantastic news that is worthy of the headlines, that he is risen, he is the Messiah, he is the Son of God, he is who he said he was, and therefore what he said about us going to heaven someday is also true. It's true for generations to come. Listen to the words of this song. Friends, Jesus was a blessing in generations of the past, and he will be a a blessing in generations in the future until he comes back to take his people home. But let's not lose sight of the fact that he's a blessing to this generation. He's a blessing to you right now. Friend, because of Jesus, you don't have to live in fear. Because of Jesus, you don't have to live in worry. Because of Jesus, you don't have to live with anxiety. Why? Because your future is secure. You know what your future is. Why? Because Jesus was who he said he was. He conquered death. He came out of that grave. He had a resurrection. Somehow he came back and he beat death. Nobody's ever done that before. And because Jesus did that, everything he ever taught and said was validated. And what he said about you having an eternity with God the Father is also true. That's why you don't have to have fear regarding a pandemic. That's why you don't have to be nervous or anxious for the future. Your future is secure when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when he accept what he did for you on the cross, when you choose to have faith that he actually came back from the dead, then everything else is validated and everything else is true as well, which means that you Get to go to heaven someday, whether it's a coronavirus or a flu or a car accident or a heart attack or cancer. Some point, friend, each one of us is going to die. Each one of us is going to meet our maker. And when we do... We get to have the opportunity to walk on streets of gold. We get to sing with angels in heaven. We get an eternity with God because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, because of the resurrection. That's why this event is the most historic, most impactful event in the history of mankind. It's because he lives. Let's stand and let's sing the words to this song right now together, because he lives.
1: i in say so. uh ah.
0: because he lives i can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone because i know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives it says in romans 10:9 paul said he said if you confess with your mouth that jesus is lord and you believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead then you will be saved So friend, if you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today's the day, Easter 2020, quarantined Easter, friend. Right now is your moment to give your life to Jesus, why? Because when you accept what Jesus did for you on the cross, You also get with that in eternity and security and hope for the future with God in heaven. That is the good news. That is the great news. That is the fantastic news. So if you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there is no greater gift that you will ever receive other than that gift. So right now is your moment, friend. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. So wherever you're watching from, wherever you're listening from right now, Will you take a moment to pause and confess with your mouth and believe in your heart? In fact, I'm gonna pray here in just a second and you can just make my words your words and you can pray along with me and mean these in your heart and your mind right now. Let's pray together. Jesus, we come to you right now and we say thank you. You didn't have to go to the cross for us and you didn't have to give up your life for us, but you chose to anyways, not because of how good we are, but because of how good you are. So again, we say thank you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for the forgiveness. We thank you for your body that was broken, for your blood that was shed. We thank you for the breath in your lungs, that you paid the penalty that we deserved. And because of that, we have an assurance of salvation. We have an assurance of the future. Our future is secure because you live. We thank you for what you chose to do on that hill that day. We thank you for your willingness to go to the cross and the hope that that provides us right now in 2020. Jesus, we say thank you, thank you, thank you. And it's in the power of your name that we pray, amen.